The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show for those whose mothers always like them best. I'm Gabe Lusier, and today we're looking at the untimely end of the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour, a variety show that challenged the powers that be with slapstick humor, cutting commentary, and an unhealthy dose of sibling rivalry. The day was April 3rd, 1969. CBS Television canceled the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour, a popular yet controversial variety show. According to network president William Paley, the brothers were fired because they had failed to submit a review tape of an upcoming show before the agreed-upon deadline. However, that was just a cover. The real reason was that the show had persistently featured anti-establishment humor, poking fun at the government, politics, religion, and just about everything else. By the time Tom and Dick's mothers got their own weekly variety show, the brothers were already a well-known musical comedy duo. They were regular players on the nightclub circuit, made frequent guest appearances on TV talk shows, and released several hit albums throughout the 1960s. Professionally known as the Smothers Brothers, their act was a unique mix of folk singing and stand-up comedy. They made plenty of jokes about topical issues, but many of their most famous bits took the form of scripted sibling arguments. The best example probably comes from Mom Always Liked You Best, the Smothers' eighth comedy album released in 1965. Take a listen. What do you my mean? mom always liked my brother best, and she never liked me. Mom and... Why do you keep telling me mom always likes you because best? Because she... Every time you get mad, you say, mom always liked you best. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, mom always liked you best. You want to know... you always picked on me? You're, my mom and my brother get together and say, we don't like you. 
Because Mom liked you best you know and she why? never liked me. Wait a minute. Do you know why she liked me best? She... Oh... <laughs> Would you like to know why she liked me best? I never knew Mom liked you best. In light of the brothers' success, CBS hired them to host an hour-long comedy variety series beginning in 1967. The network was in desperate need of a hit show that could peel away younger viewers from NBC's popular Western series, Bonanza. CBS believed the Smothers Brothers were the right act for the job. So on February 5th, 1967, the two shows began airing head-to-head -head in the same time slot. 9 p.m. on Sunday evenings. On CBS, the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour aired right after the popular Ed Sullivan show. In fact, Sullivan himself introduced the show's premiere, calling the young hosts, quote, typical American kids, average in every way. That was undoubtedly what CBS was hoping for, a pair of wholesome, clean-cut hosts to deliver some light-hearted comedy and family-friendly music. And to be fair, sometimes that was exactly what the Smothers gave them. However, over the course of three contentious seasons, they leaned more and more into biting satirical humor and political commentary, a whole lot more than CBS had bargained for. The show's format was similar to many variety shows of the era. Each episode began with the brothers doing a kind of monologue, a few jokes, maybe a parody song, and of course, some of their trademark bickering. The rest of the show consisted of a mix of comedic sketches and live musical performances, some from the Smothers Brothers and others from celebrity guests. Some of the scripts and sketches were written and performed by the brothers themselves, but many were the work of a talented staff recruited from the Los Angeles comedy scene. Although they were mostly unknowns at the time, many of the show's writers and performers went on to become stars in their own rights including Steve Martin, Rob Reiner, Pat Paulson, Lee French, and Lorenzo Music. The show's guest stars were an eclectic blend of old and new faces, featuring counterculture idols like George Harrison and The Doors, as well as legendary favorites like Mickey Rooney and Kate Smith. That multi-generational approach proved to be the right one. The Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour delivered the younger, hipper audience that CBS was after, and quite a few of their parents as well. The show even passed the ultimate test. By the end of its first season, it was routinely drawing more viewers than Bonanza. Riding high as the 12th most-watched show in America, the Smothers Brothers and their writing staff grew increasingly bold in their second season. They started working key issues of the day into their sketches, including racism, drugs, the Vietnam War, and the ever-unpopular policies of Richard Nixon. CBS had promised the brothers full creative control, but once the scripts became more message-oriented, the network bosses and censors began to muscle in. They clashed with the brothers on numerous occasions, forcing rewrites or flat-out omissions of entire sketches. The censors flagged jokes for all kinds of reasons, for portraying the hippie drug culture in too positive a light, or for being irreverent toward organized religion. They also scrutinized every mention of the word sex, eventually banning the phrase sex education and cutting even the mildest of gags, like joking that someone was a known heterosexual. 
But the biggest source of conflict, by far, was the war in Vietnam. In the show's second and third seasons, the Smothers welcomed guests with openly anti-war messages, including folk singers Joan Baez and Pete Seeger. They were the subject of two of the show's most infamous cases of censorship. Seeger was first, having been invited to appear in the second season premiere to sing his anti-war song Waist Deep in the Big Muddy. If you've never heard it, the song is about a bull-headed World War II army captain who forces his men to cross a muddy river only to be drowned after misjudging the water's depth. In the song's final verse, Seeger draws a not-so-subtle parallel between the story and the Vietnam policies of President Lyndon Johnson, and for that reason, CBS refused to let him perform it on the air. Thankfully, the censoring of Pete Seeger got so much attention in the press that the network ultimately relented and allowed the singer to perform the song on a later episode of The Comedy Hour. The full performance is now available online, but in the meantime, here's the taste. Well, the sergeant said, sir, are you sure this is the best way back to the base? Sergeant, go on, I've forded this river about a mile above this place. It'll be a little soggy, but just keep slogging, we'll soon be on dry ground. We were waist deep in the big muddy, the big pool said to push on. Well, I'm not going to point any moral, I'll leave that for yourself. Maybe you're still walking, you're still talking, you'd like to keep your health. But every time I read the paper, them old feelings come on. We're waist deep in the big muddy, the big fool says to push on. Waist deep in the big muddy. In early March of 1969, it was folk singer and anti-war activist Joan Baez's turn to be censored. During her performance, she dedicated a song to her husband, who was about to go to prison for draft dodging. CBS claimed that made the material overtly political, and therefore unsuitable for an entertainment-based variety show. The Smothers Brothers refused to cut the performance, so the network aired a rerun that night instead. CBS was happy with the show's ratings and with the critical reviews, which were largely positive. However, they were less pleased with the hundreds of letters they would receive from viewers on a weekly basis, anytime a controversial sketch or song made it to air. The long months of fighting over the program's content finally came to a head on April 3, 1969, when CBS abruptly canceled the show just one week before the end of the third season. The pretense for the firing was that the Smothers had not submitted a tape of the final show in time for the censors to review it. But of course, everyone knew the real reason. The cancellation of the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour came as a huge shock, as it was still one of the most popular shows on television. Its sudden disappearance from the airwaves was reported on the front page of the New York Times, and was even covered by Walter Cronkite on CBS Evening News. As for Tom and Dick Smothers, they responded by suing CBS for breach of contract. According to Tom, the show had already been renewed for a fourth season when the network decided to pull the plug. For that reason, he was always quick to note that they had been, quote, fired, not canceled. It took four years, but the Smothers eventually won their case, with the judge ruling that CBS owed them just under a million dollars. 
A good chunk of that payment went to legal fees, but according to the brothers, the lawsuit was never about the money in the first place. After their firing, Tom and Dick's mothers went back to touring, sometimes performing as many as 200 dates each year. They also attempted to revive their variety show on other networks, including ABC in 1970 and NBC in 1975, though neither effort fared as well as their first. In 1988, the brothers made a triumphant return to CBS when the Comedy Hour was briefly revived during an especially lengthy writer's strike that had left the network scrambling to fill its schedule. The revival show was cancelled again after a single season, but that time because of low ratings, rather than content disputes. A few years later, the brothers re-edited their original shows and began airing them on the E! Cable channel, complete with behind-the-scenes interviews and explanations about the various controversies. Die-hard Smothers fans may disagree, but I don't think it's all that surprising that their show never caught fire quite the same way again. That's not to say they stopped being funny, they still are, even now in their mid-80s. It's just that the original show appeared at such a singular moment in American history, at a time when social and cultural upheaval was everywhere you looked. The Smothers recognized that feeling of change in the air and tried to channel it into a primetime TV show that actually commented on what was happening in the world. For the disaffected youth protesting in the streets, it had to be energizing to see anti-establishment politics embraced by mainstream performers. But in the decades that followed, the lines between entertainment, politics, and social issues all blurred together. Questioning authority through comedy was no longer the groundbreaking act it once was. In that sense, the Smothers' fate was much the same as that of other pioneers. They hewed a path for others to follow, but never got to travel it as far themselves as they would have liked. For my part, I respect the way the Smothers straddled the line between modern and antiquated, cool and lame. Even before they tackled topical issues on their TV show, there was a subversive quality to the two boy-next-door brothers. Sure, they sang about boiled cabbage and argued over who had gotten the most Halloween candy as a kid, but sometimes a darker sense of humor would creep in and since it was unexpected, it would be all the funnier. I think a good example of that interplay between light and darkness is their 1964 song, Mediocre Fred. Like much of the Smothers Brothers' work, it's a reminder that the social order can sometimes be disrupted by those you'd least expect. Fred went to work from 8 to 5 And he punched a clock to show his alive Went to church every Sunday morn Sometimes he wondered why he was born Mediocre Fred Mediocre dull Fred Fred went to the movies every Saturday night Liked to watch TV and the western fights And he paid his taxes most every year And on a hot summer day, why, he drank a little beer <laughs> Exciting Mediocre Fred Mediocre Fred Well, the days went by all dull and gray and he didn't think much and had little to say and when the full moon rose he'd climb over the moat find some people sleeping and he'd bite their throats <laughs> mediocre friend mediocre dull friend <laughs> I'm Gabe Luzier and hopefully 
You now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's show, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at TDIHC Show. Special thanks to Smothers Brothers superfan Catherine Pitta for suggesting today's episode. And if you have a topic that you'd like to see covered on the show, feel free to pass it along by writing to this day at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.